Ron, we're good. Coming through? All right. So, the word of the Lord is our, our roadmap. Amen? Our roadmap to the real home in heaven above. Amen? So, in 1 Peter, we're, we're going to look at a couple of things that, as Peter was one of the followers and disciples of Jesus, he learned a lot. Not the same Peter he was when he started out. And that's, that's a good thing. It doesn't matter necessarily. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. You may have made some mistakes along the way. We all learn and grow from them. Amen? No one's exempt from uh, making some wrong choices sometimes. And we, we cry out to the Lord and He's there for us. He's there to help us get up again and go forward. And so Peter addresses this uh, in his letter, we know as 1 Peter, to some folks that are spread out across the region of the world. And I'll try to announce, pronounce these words the best I can. Being a small town boy, you know, from Aiken, it gets a little tough and you get into the deep, big words. But I'll do the best I can with the Lord's help. Peter, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens. Interesting word, alien. And uh, has to do with, this is not a real home, right? This is just a temporary place. They were scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Capit. Dosia, almost said Cappuccino, almost Asia and Bithynia, I think that's close, Bithynia, Bithynia. These names don't really mean a whole lot to us. They're places long ago. What Peter is doing, he's addressing the crowd. He wants to get their attention. He wants to clue them. Isn't it interesting how the Lord built his church in desolate places? And isn't it interesting how the Lord still builds his church in faraway places? You and I are a part of the church of Jesus Christ that is around the world today. He has not forgotten you. He knows your address. He knows your name. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you're, where you're going. He knows what's ahead for you. He wants to be a part of that. God is in the midst of, of our world and the chaos and all that is going on. He's still the Lord of all. He's still the God of peace. And Peter writes, according to the second verse, according to the formal foreknowledge of God the Father, God sees all things at all times and knows all things already, how things are going to come out. Yet he's called us to walk by faith. And you and I don't have all, the, all of it figured out. Amen? You and I don't know exactly how it's all going to work out. All we know is that there is a God in heaven that is, that is for us and that we're trusting ourselves to him, that we're believing 
who he is, what he said he did, and what he said he's going to do. He talked about the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Interesting word, isn't it? Sanctifying work. Has to do with God, the Holy Spirit, nudging us, encouraging us, giving us truth, helping us understand truth, bringing us to a place where we are we are set apart, so to speak, set apart for God. God is, God is a part of your life. God is in the center. As you do desire, at least have the desire that God would be in the midst, that you would obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in fullest measure. I'm so glad that God didn't leave us as orphans to fend for ourselves. God didn't leave us. Well, I gave you, you know, enough to live on. You should make it just fine. But the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. In other words, he has a fresh supply of oil he has a fresh bread. You like fresh bread? You've been, you know, to a restaurant. Maybe they brought fresh bread. Maybe they didn't bring fresh. Maybe they didn't bring fresh bread. Fresh bread. Great. God's word is living and active. It's like fresh bread. The Lord Himself said, "I am the bread of life. I came down that I might live among you." And here in this epistle we, we read about Peter describing to the readers, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, Peter was afraid Toward the end, Christ, following Christ from a distance, he was in a tough place. Peter denied the Lord. As a young servant girl asked him, you're, you're one of them. No, no, he, he said no. He began to cuss and swear and try to cover up his identification with Jesus because he was afraid for his life. Well, Peter, no doubt, felt terrible. He felt horrible. He felt like he'd, he'd blown it big time. That maybe there's no more hope for me. Maybe there's n nothing left for me. But to end my life, but Jesus found Peter again. Jesus appeared to the disciples again. Peter began to realize that he was the Christ. He is the son of the living God. He is God who came down to this earth and he conquered death and he conquered sin and he conquers and he conquers whatever situation you are facing today. God is more, he, we are made more than conquerors through Christ, amen? You and I have the power of the resurrection through the Holy Spirit the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and I. Romans 
speaks about that, that spirit, that spirit of God that lives within us. Because these days we need the spirit of God. Amen? We need a power. We need a power of God to live in the world we live in, especially. Because there's a lot of darkness around. How many need to know your battery goes dim if you don't charge it up? Or your cell phone goes beep. You do whatever it does. You do. You know, if you have a flip phone like me, especially. Oh boy. We gotta put it on the charge. I talk about my old truck. There's something going on with it. Something drains the battery. Something not right. You did it and click, click, click. Drive another vehicle up and jump start, and away we go. We're fine. We're fine. Now I've learned this. I'm learning this. I know this is true. There's no quick way to get charged with Christ. If you're looking for a quick charge, it don't last. I'm talking about the day by day walk with God. Where we sit we focus. Maybe it's on your way to work. Maybe that's your time. Maybe it's in the evening. Maybe that's your best time. But if we don't take time to put our our hearts before the Lord, we can become, become so so overwhelmed that what's going on around us becomes so over feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. And God is saying to you and I, I want to live in you and I want to live through you. I want to put the thoughts that I have for you in your heart. I want you to begin to look out across this world and say there is an opportunity like none other. We are facing opportunity like no other. We are being challenged like none other in our day. To stay strong. And so Peter wrote these words, inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know how we stay strong according to this letter? Let's read the next verse, verse 4. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. In other words, you're making reservations. If you've accepted Christ, you have reservation in heaven. My wife and I, we get to Pittsburgh, and lo and behold, oh, I don't have a reservation for the motel. Okay, okay, well, what do you think else is open uh, around here, you know? Okay, it was about 10, 30, 11, whatever, okay. See, I let my wife do all that stuff. She's better at it than me. But we were able to find something. We had to pay the price, though. No, I don't even want to say. I don't even want to say. But we made it. We got through. See, with heaven, you don't want to miss out on your reservation. And how do you get a reservation? Well, at some point in your life, you realize that I can't save myself. I can't live good enough. I can't 
be what God has called us to be. And he says later, be holy, for I am holy. How can I and you and I be holy? I'll tell you how it is. This is what it is. Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus takes away our sin when we simply admit our need and admit we've blown it, we've fallen short. Now, things get exciting. All of a sudden, the Bible says, as Peter is saying here, there is an inheritance. It is far beyond our imagination. It's far, they tell us, the streets are made of gold. They talk about this river. Revelation talks about a river, crystal. And it talks about we are going to worship the Lord around the throne. I believe that we're not only going to worship, that we're going to learn things. Things that we could never, we couldn't, we couldn't comprehend. And I, try to, I try to wrap my brain around eternity. I don't, I can't, I don't get very far. Right? Eternity is a long time. And eternity is what God is operating and he is, he is eternal God and he has eternal life for those who will follow him. And there is eternal destruction for those who choose not to follow him. Believe that. And God has saved us from being separated from him because of the blood that he shed. So now, have you ever fixed up something real new and finished it off with a pretty paint or finished woodwork or do something really nice? Maybe you put down mulch. There's another project around here that needs to happen. Freshen up the mulch. But you know what happens? It fades. We paint the house, we paint the bar, we paint the car, we do something, we pour concrete, it looks nice for a few months or a year or two. What happens? The sun breaks down stuff, right? And it fades. Heaven, we read it, things will not fade. An inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away. Heaven will always be bright and fresh and new and alive. Why well, I get a little bit of an amen once in a while? Shout a little bit. Get excited. Well, if this is your best. If this is your best, so be it. If you're like me, the Norwegian. You're jumping up and down inside, but you just don't know it, right? You know, my mom and dad never had a whole lot of things. I mean, they, they got by, they worked hard. But there was no inheritance except what they gave you was their example to love God. Really, I thought about, you know, you know, right, Linda, mom and dad, they, didn't have, they, got, they had enough to get through life, barely. But what they gave us was more valuable than any 
material thing you could give up, get from this world. They gave us an example of the love of God, an inheritance. Friends, what is it that we're working so hard for? I mean, I'm all for hard work. I'm all for, I love to get things done if I can. But it seems like the harder I work, the more money it takes. I I don't know why that. The the more you make, the more it takes. I told somebody lately, the easy come, easy go. (laughs) You know. If, if you don't have value and say, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's no big deal. No, I'll pay whatever. It's $500 for that motel. You know, I, that's not what we paid. Don't go out of here with that. You know, we need a place to sleep. We'll get there. The pastor got kind of crazy over the case. See, he was all penned up. And, you know, this is my problem. I go on vacation, I'm used to going to work, so. There's somebody down there pouring coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they need any help. I'm thinking this. I don't do, I don't, you know, I, I'm crazy enough to do that, but I mean, it's just in me. I really think we're going to do some something in heaven. Some things. I think we're going to do some great things. I think we're going to be able to do things we couldn't do. Can we get excited? Listen. I want you to grab a hold of something. You are, you belong to the king. You belong to God. And because you are his son or daughter, he has made you his son and daughter, you get to participate with his kingship, his kingdom. His kingdom, his kingdom is for us. All heaven awaits. And we're going to get excited. We're going to get excited. We need to read a couple more verses here because this really gets excited. This will get you excited because this is where you live. In this you greatly rejoice, verse 6. What are we rejoicing about? We're rejoicing about heaven, but we've got to read on. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been stressed out. I use the word stressed out. They use the word distressed. Put it into my kids' terms. Freaked out. Don't you love the youth? These new words mean stuff that, whoa. Like, perfect. Right? Isn't that in now? Perfect. You know what? There's only one who's perfect, right? God. But we say stuff perfect. Like, I mean, that's really good. Necessary. What do you mean, God? 
What do you mean if it's necessary? What have I done wrong to deserve this? Am I, are you angry at me? Well, let me just jog your memory a bit. Why are we in the mess we are in? Started in the garden of Eden, right? Because sin entered in the picture. Man fell. Man sinned. Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now we don't get to live very long on the earth, right? I'm going to glad it's going. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, Old Testament history, 800, 900 plus, Methuselah was Noah, nine, what was it, 969? I remember, maybe, maybe off a couple. But when you live that long, you kind of forget. You know, right? Can you imagine? <laughs> Are you serious? And eat the same food, drive the same. No, I'm, I'm messing with you. I want you to imagine. We don't need these things. We only need a few things. All right. We only need food covering. Paul's letter to Timothy says, you can be content. You can be happy. What I'm saying is things aren't what should be our focus. God first, and then he will add all these other things to us. Seek first. It's exciting. It should be are we in a place where we can rejoice when we're tested? That's hard. You didn't plan on breaking your leg the day it happened. You could do things differently. You'd do it over again, and you say, wow, wonder if it's for a reason. One, one of my lessons that I got out of my broken leg was that you got to sit down and be still. Oh, put your leg up. Elevate it. Let it heal. Take time off. Because God is not in a hurry like you and I are. I want this leg to heal. I got to get back to work. How am I going to get my work done? Right? God has a different timing more often than what maybe we have. But if we will keep faithful, if we will look to him rather than become angry at him, whoa, almost tripped. You guys would have freaked out too. 
Did I ever tell you about the time I fell down on the steps with crutches? I may have told you that. Maybe I didn't. You weren't here, so when I fell down, no, I don't know, it was two, three, four weeks into the thing. I was just learning how to use crutches. I got to here, and I go, uh-oh, I am not doing this right. Hey, cantilever, that kind of dude, dude, is like, and I had the wits about me to roll and keep my leg up, tuck it up. Now she's taking pictures of me. And it held that leg up because your body, something clicks in, kicks in. You go into survival mode, right? You see, sometime when trial comes, you can go into survival mode. And you just want to, you need to protect yourself. I ended up fine. Anna heard it from downstairs. Anna heard it thump. And she wondered what was going on. And then Emily made a movie out of it. Someday I'm going to show the movie. Maybe you've seen it. I don't know why I'm saying all this stuff. It just made me to loosen up. Loosen up. Listen. Life is too short to not have fun. Not, life is too short to be angry, bitter, and resentful, and, you know, blaming God, maybe for what he's allowed to happen. And listen. You're missing it. We'll miss it if we, we we've got to realize look what he's given us. Look what he's given us. Now my trials and your trials may be very they may vary. I can't say that your trial and my trial must work. We can't do that comparing things. We just gotta say, you know what, well, whatever is hard for you, we we can relate to that. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. We can at least say that must have been awful. We're going to try to imagine. Don't say, well, I know how you feel. Like, you never want to say, man. I mean, we shouldn't say that. I'll say it. You, you, man, uh, okay, husband, never want to tell your wife, you know, how they feel when they're pregnant. You, you know what I'm saying? You can't relate. It's, it's just, what you need to do is just listen. It's here. So many of us go through similar things. We're going through different emotions. We're going through different kinds of, of setbacks. And all, all through this life, you thought by now, right, it'd be great. Life will just kind of coast. It's kind of Sail our way, easy going into heaven. Chances are you'll have a few storms that will rise, that will challenge you, that will get your attention, that will bring you back to maybe where you ought to be. That once there was a fire that burned brighter than it is now. I'm just saying this, this happens. Not to say that we're lost but to say that we're just not where we ought to be. But God is saying, you can come back. You can always 
seek me and you will see that I'm there for you. Listen. Sometimes we are tested by God. God doesn't go around making fun of us or trying to jerk us around in this life. But sometimes he allows the things in this life to produce in us. As James talked about in chapter 1, to produce endurance that you may be perfect. Look at that word again. Perfect result. Lacking in nothing. Perfect. Well, Lord, you know I'm not perfect. Let's go back to the text. I'll skip it over. We're running out of time. Verse 13. Gird your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit for your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. So if I belong to the Lord, I ought to reflect that. If I belong to the Lord, I ought to resemble, at least in part, now, our holiness is only made possible because what Jesus did for you and I on the cross. He who knew no sin, the sinless one became sin, that we might know the righteousness of God in him, that we might have his righteousness, that we might stand complete and righteous in the sight of God because of Christ and his shed blood. As we're going to celebrate in a couple of moments the Lord's Supper, as he commanded, Jesus called the disciples together and told them and, and commanded them to do this often. Do this as, as often. He didn't say how many times, you know, a week, a month. As often as you do it, so it set aside something that would remind you and I physically of his broken body and the blood that he shed for you and I. And I've often been challenged by this verse, be ye holy for I am holy. And I try as hard, I try as hard as I can in my own strength. And if I try as hard, I only end up falling, failing. And then the old Norwegian Gary kicks in, beats, beats, beats up Gary, beats up Gary, and you know, are you that way at all? I mean, it's just, if you're not, that's okay. If you're not, well, we're kind of relating to each. How can I be holy? And I realize, no, I, I got this, I got to do this in right order. I come to Jesus, I admit my need, right? He says, good, now I can move. Now I can step in. 
Why do we try to impress God? It doesn't work because He knows your heart. You see, even if you do, you don't do anything to contribute. God's love is still the same for you. The good news is because his love is in your heart, you want to help someone else. Because God changes your, what is your old nature, and gives you a new nature, and gives you purpose. So what little you may have here today, you may feel like the little boy who had a few fish, a couple pieces of biscuit. He said, here you go. Lord, if you want it, I can go without. He wasn't, he didn't know what the Lord was going to do. He multiplied it. Ethan, why don't you lead us in this next next course and we're just going to think a bit. Why don't you, I want you to just sing and think and apply this, this song to your situation.